Yeah, man, it's 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 crazy. This whole society. You see how we like delved into the matrix and how we got out. But that was good. That was good. In and out and beautifully. I was, it was starting to get very very tough, and I was so I'm sweating. You can see I know, my forehead like, shine. <laughs> it's, it's almost like wipeout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, like when they get to the last step and the ball just goes boom. <laughs> hey, you made it to uh, episode two. Look at you sticking with me. Much appreciated. Uh, this episode today, we've got Ate Kinde. Um, the man's a genius, and that's all I need to say, really. He, we, we do stand-up comedy together. That's how I know him. Um, great conversation. I'm not really going to say too much about it because it, it speaks for itself. Um, yeah, I'm going to keep this intro short. A little note. I'm still trying to figure out how to uh, edit audio well <laughs> so i apologize um that things maybe sound a little wonky um i think i'm gonna try to find a studio space and things are gonna get better so just stick with me you made it to episode two make it to episode three i've already recorded uh two more episodes and they sound pretty similar but after that we're gonna get some quality audio boys but anyways enough of me let's get this episode started Couple weeks ago, about I told, told you about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't really process it. Like, wait a minute, I'm actually like doing comedy in front of people. Like, <laughs> like yo, I've bamboozled you. Right I haven't gotten paid yet, but it's like I've bamboozled society. She's out here getting money because it just doesn't feel like it's actually gonna happen. You yeah, know? yeah, no, like doing open isn't. mics. Well, and it's like even if you like you do well in an open mic, right? And it's like the high of like the applause and like everybody having a good time and laughing and you go back home and you're like I got nothing for this I'm poorer than I was before I started because I had gas that I just literally, I just wasted to get here I literally spent money on drinks yeah. <laughs> crazy how did I do this and ended up poorer it's a damn shame yeah so I guess like let's let's hop into this <laughs> I feel like like I know you really well but I don't know anything about like when you started <clears throat> when I started um what was it the date was the 26th of March you remember it down to the date oh yeah it was life changing the, that's 26th <laughs> of March 2019 um yeah, so like my friend John and I, we had been, and John is, a, is very important on my artistic journey, right? So he was an actor, so he decided he was going to do acting like middle of university, right? Yeah. Um, so he acted, he went to McAllister, then he went to, um, he did like a, a study abroad program for acting, he did it like in London, then he did the Purple Rose Theater in uh, Michigan, and then he got into USC full ride for the MFA program for grad school, right? Yeah. So his master's of fine arts in, um, what's it called, in theater. And like theater, I think drama or acting, something like that. But he's acting, he's out there doing his thing, killing the game, right? Yeah, yeah. So we would start going to the comedy clubs and like one time we saw Greg Coleman, right? And it was at Acme. Uh-huh. And so we saw him at Acme and like it's a Monday night. And you know how like for like us, the younger comedians, going to Acme is like such a big deal. Right. But for the older guys, they're just like, ah, fuck this. <laughs> no, they're not like, fuck this place. And they're like, all right, they're just, it's just a workshop for them, right? Yeah. So Greg, I don't know if he didn't have anything written, but he was just riffing with the crowd. And at some point, he's like, guys, this is how easy comedy is. <laughs> he's basically talking about how, like, comedy is not shit. Like, it's just really easy and everything. I was yeah. like, oh, maybe I can really do this. And then eventually, I signed up, and I was like, I've been trying to write all this stuff. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it, John. I'm just going to go this weekend. We drove, went. I went up. It was really good. Well, it was really, really fun. People laughed. Where was it? It was Acme. It was Acme? my first. That was my first. Like, Damn, set ever so So just the first one. Because I, I used the star, and, like, it went really well. And then ever since then, I just kept kept on doing it, kept coming, kept mm-hmm. coming. Um, I thought I was gonna. I was like, man, I did really good the first home movie. The next day, she fell, and I bombed for like <laughs> the next four mics. <laughs> the next four mics straight, I was just like, Jesus, I'm not as funny as I thought I was. But 
every now and then like one or two jokes would work so i just kept pushing and then every now and then i had like a, a really decent like yeah. open mic experience or whatever so i'd be like let me just keep going and then just Dude, continue to progress like a, and get better how did, how did it go for you how like was a it? very similar thing where i guess acme was probably like the my like fifth ever mm-hmm. mic like my first one was Blarney's, <laughs> which is like kind of rough, but like I was so really terrible, like way to like start it off. I just blacked out and did it. Which oh, what, were you like, were you drunk or something? You were just like, like ah. it was a combination of being drunk and anxiety. And uh, I just had like a notebook in front of me and I was like shaking. And then like, <laughs> I woke up and I was funny. <laughs> it's like, man, like people didn't like boo me out of stage. I'm going to yeah, do this acceptable. again. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's just not that bad you're like i can keep coming back and then like acme was like the biggest like the biggest high of my life oh I yeah honestly i honestly think like even almost even still just because like that was so new mm-hmm. and i always wanted to perform in some kind of way and to get yeah. up on stage and have it be a it was like almost like a full room yeah that night. yeah that's when that's mine was too it was like it was yeah. at capacity and i'm like holy crap i just did that in front of all right? these people it was crazy. I was straight off. Ah, I can't believe I did it. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, and now I'm just like, I go up to acting sometimes, and when I get on the list, I'm like, ooh, let's do this. It's, <laughs> right. it's completely, it's just interesting. Uh, like, yeah, for real. The first times of like performing is like, yeah, it's, you're right. It's like a, a feeling you, you never like feel again with like performance wise. Like, I think that first, like, I, I think it's really important to have that first good one yeah, for people to stick yeah, with it. Yeah, to stay, because, like, the people who sometimes, like, start and it's like, I bombed for, like, the first ten mics. I'm like, those people, that's true dedication. Yeah. Like, if I bombed the first three times, I probably would have tried comedy again, mm-hmm. but it would have been, like, after a year. I would have had yeah. to shake that shit off. I would have, yeah. oh, this, is, this hurts. For <laughs> hurts real? Oh, my God, because, like... There would be times where I would like bomb for two months in a row. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had one of those where I was like in a two month slump and I was like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Am I not, I'm not funny? Like, what? <laughs> yo, I've been bamboozled this whole time. People thought I was funny. They probably just wanted gum. <laughs> like, you know, like in school, like you take gum out and then everyone's like, I'll be your best friend. And people start treating me different. Ah, man. I was really in my head. Like, I would, like, when you go through those bombing spells, like, initially you're sitting there like, what is wrong with me? Why do I think that I can do? And then eventually it sorts itself out. I think it's interesting because like the first shows or the first mics having like some kind of good in them is really important. But I also think the bombing helps as well too. I used to have terrible imposter syndrome. And then when I kept bombing, I'm like, oh, okay, the crowds are pretty honest. Like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? I'd be like, oh, maybe I just got lucky. And I'm like, no, there's no luck with comedy. Like, yeah. if you do well that night, there was a reason it happened. Like, maybe somebody before you set the room up or whatever. But for some reason, there was a reason why people laughed. Yeah. Right? It's never just like, oh, it's just a fluke. There's a reason for it, right? Because when you bomb serially, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Serial Yo, <laughs> serial bomber is in present comedy clubs all over Minnesota but like yeah, yeah I definitely um, I definitely am grateful for the bombs too it makes me like it kind of settles me more into the reality of comedy feeling um, more so like I belong yeah. you know what I mean like yeah if you like always kill it it's like yeah you just, but like once you've bombed it's like you've seen the bad of comedy and you're still here and it's like alright I can respect that and it definitely like calms awesome. down my ego yeah cause yeah. I get problems sometimes where I'm like I'm the shit yeah, <laughs> I'm like, you get that, like I'm gonna kill this <laughs> I'm taking over and it's like no you're not and he's like ah you still got a way to go yeah it feels Icarus too close to the sun kind right. of thing where you're like like you're oh, 21 God, to- yeah calm down <laughs> so you're 21 I'm 28 I just turned 28 what was it a couple weeks ago yeah May 5th yeah uh, happy li- I told you happy birthday yeah you did you did yeah. Yeah. It's just, I just sometimes I forget but that's the thing right is like so sometimes people ask like why it's like seems like I take comedy so serious you know I'm like all of you guys are like I think the oldest one of the oldest people that I was really like cool with was like Evan right Evan was like 24 yeah right so like you guys are like 21 22 20 I'm 28 so if I'm out here like yo I want to be a comedian I I'm I'm subtracted four years that you guys have like to continue to develop so I'm like nah I can't I can't be bullshit you know what I mean dude but But. so many people are way older than I realized Mm -hmm. like like I thought that everybody was in their like mid 20s I thought you were like 25 oh yeah I I stopped aging at 25 like mentally like I just was like this is it I'm good here 
I'm good here. I don't need to go to the next level. I'm going to just sit here at brain level 25. Right. Like, I keep finding out people are 30. Like, Derek Myers is 30. Max Chapman is 30. And I'm like, what? Max is 30? Right? No. I was like, no way. I thought you were That's like crazy. 23. That's I think, crazy. Is that a good thing? I didn't or know that Max was 30. It's not so much that I, that I perceive him as immature. It's just like he... But then I think we also perceive 30 as such a, like, old... Yeah. You know what I mean? As you get closer to it, you'll be like, wait a minute, 30 is not... But it's really not. It's really not. I'm just saying this so I feel better in my say. Maybe it is. <laughs> 30 is... Uh, it's not. It's not it's even not, that bad, bro. It's like, 30. If you're 30, you can still date college girls, right? Like, you can, no. <laughs> By the way, if you're 30, stop dating college girls. I have to get close to the mic just in case... You creepy niggas Dude, she's 18. She's, like, she's 18. It's legal, bro. It's legal, bro. It's legal, bro. Sir, you are a legal predator. Bro. Oh, man. Yeah, fuck. Dude, so where did you like, grow up and stuff? What's um, the, the so life timeline? My life timeline, so I was born in Cambridge, so Massachusetts. Really? Yeah, that's where oh, okay. my parents were on the Damn, East I've Coast. Yeah, I've got some East Coasters. Yeah, I just came of, from Maryland. Irish from Maryland? Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to say I can see it because... You know, Maryland dudes, they talk weird. Like, yeah. black people, like, it, like, like, what do I want to, like, urban, the urban accent in, like, Maryland is really funny. It's like, if you were to say, like, cur- like, I saw one video of them saying curfew, and it's like, curfew, and I'm like, this is, Maryland niggas have the weirdest accents, I'm not going to lie to you. It's the, the strangest thing. But anyways, but like, um, yeah, so I started off in, in Cambridge, Boston area, right? And then my parents moved to Minnesota when I was, I think, one years old. And then I grew up in a combination of Roseville, Minnesota, and um, uh, Woodbury, Minnesota. We went to Texas for a year, but that didn't really work out, so then we came back. Yeah. So I was living in Roseville, and then at like age 10, we went to Texas. It's there till I was like about 11, and then we came back when I was, um, was I 12? Because I turned 13. I don't know, but something or somewhere around that. I was in Texas for a year, then we came back. Um, but yeah, so for the most part, I'd say like my... Ever since fifth, sixth grade, I kind of lived in like the suburbs, but mm-hmm. in up till then, you could say we were, we weren't like in the hood hood. I always tell people like, if living in the hood was an oven, I had an easy bake. Like it was not <laughs> like the worst, you know what I mean? But it yeah. definitely, there were no white people around, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I looked around, I look back and I'm like, oh, we, we were in the hood, that's crazy. I feel like I didn't really realize like, cause I, <laughs> I spent like the first like, eight years of my life in a trailer park oh you know? wow. and I was like I was like oh a lot of those people were like on drugs yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know <laughs> yeah. you don't really realize yeah, yeah, until yeah, you yeah. look back I didn't realize that like the neighbor did not have a, a pet skunk that was weed <laughs> yeah it's it's hilarious I was like there's really... so many skunks in my neighborhood. so crazy there's a problem you start talking to the police Mr. Officer you need to make some animal control <laughs> there's skunks in the neighborhood this is not an animal control problem, yeah. son. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is drug. This is drug use. <laughs> this oh, is the <laughs> So, okay, Roseville. I uh, Roseville's kind of a weird place. Like, yeah. I worked at the Applebee's there for three months. Couldn't oh, handle it. Oh, must quit. have been. Must have been very strange. It was yeah. terrible. <laughs> must have been very strange. Time. They have a good mall. I feel like Applebee's in general is uh, it's an interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting place because it's like it's not a Red Lobster, you know what I mean? But it's no, not it's a McDonald's. Not. <laughs> you know what I'm it's like in between. Like college kids eat there when they don't have much money, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. But like people also kind of go there sometimes when they want to have a nice date. But like that was like my parents' like date night. Yeah, they're like Applebee's. Yeah, it's like it's like where where poor people go to live lavish, you know? Yeah, we, we win it. It's kind of cute, did. you know? So yeah, it's, it's like, like formally out on yeah. some dollar margaritas tonight. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like, like for me, for like, for like, as a dude, you take a girl to Applebee's when you're like, 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 like I said, like college age and stuff like that. It shows that you're trying. Yeah. You know what I mean, like you care. Like you, you scrounged up a couple. You decided not to buy weed this week, and you <laughs> went and spent money on your girl. That's respectable, right? Yeah. Like Applebee's is weed money. Yeah. It's essentially, <laughs> it's like you. She knows that, like, when you do have like real money, you'll remember to take her to like. What is it? Fogo de Chow? Is that where people go? Yeah. I don't really eat out. Fogo de Chow is the uh, the nice downtown nice restaurant for my seven, non-Minneapolis seven. listeners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, what's it called? An aside. Do you have like one of those little asterisks? You have? Are you going to get this like transcripted too for people to read? I don't know. No? I, I, 
and I recorded like an intro yesterday, and oh, I was word. like, "This is like a we're just figuring it we're out. Just this we're just figuring it as we go. It's acceptable. We're just doing our thing, seeing what feels right. What I think that's good. that's the right way. That's the right way to do it at yeah. this point because. You know I'm still I mean? learning how to use a fucking microphone. We're still trying to find out how to use, I was going to say, how to use both mics. We're also being recorded. When was the first time you ever felt funny? When was the first time I ever felt funny? I was a kid. I was real. I was young. It was just like in school. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I used to just, when was it like first grade, I think? I would just like make stupid noises or like silly jokes, just be foolish. And, like, I can really you know see you I mean? as that. Just, I just, just saw you like shrink. Just in my head. <laughs> head stay the same size, body skinny. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, just like being a kid and like in school, just making people laugh on the playground. I think the first time was when like I started making fun of kids I didn't like. And then the teachers would laugh, and I was like, oh, I'm goaded now. Like, <laughs> you can't stop me at this point. Like, if I can make the teacher laugh at you, you've lost. <laughs> like, oh, I don't even have to hit damn, you. Damn, that's you've so lost. power when you're a kid. To be you're like, a child? You, we're roasting kids. It can't, and it can't be all the time, laughing? right? Because it's like, you can't be like a super bully, right? But it's yeah. like, you can always pick a Subtle time to be bully. like, <laughs> especially if it was a kid the teacher clearly does not like. Like, yeah. you start to pick that stuff up real easily. Like, Wait a minute. Reading the teacher the doesn't even really exactly like the teacher doesn't even really like this motherfucker. Yeah. Your head is big. Like <laughs> the teacher like it's over. Like there's nothing you can do at that point. But yeah, I just I think that's where it was. That's when I was um, just in grade school and like making people laugh and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have similar similar kind of thing being in school and then? Yeah, I think like middle school. Like mm-hmm. it was a. Because I was, like, really, really quiet and yeah. shy for a long time, which is so weird to, like, think back on because <laughs> I'm loud as fuck. Yeah, it's just like, no, I don't shut up. <laughs> but in in middle school on my basketball team, I sucked. I was so oh, bad. you were terrible. And it's like, you know, like, kids, like, choose their friends based yeah. off of talents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> back in the, back in the so I was, like, the loser and terrible, like, on my basketball team. Ooh. And then I started, um... Cracking jokes at practice, and it was like, oh, people, people are laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I'm getting invited to sleepover. <laughs> this is excellent. <laughs> Comedy is social currency. I'll tell you that. Literally, and that's what made me cool. It kind of made the coaches hate me because I would oh, always be distracting yeah, people. Yeah. But that made me like it even more. I would like talk behind their back. <laughs> like Roger doesn't have guy. any fingers. <laughs> Roger he didn't. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, it, it, I feel like it is like. Do you feel like, like the, like the humor came out of anything, or was it just? What do you mean came there? out? There, like, cause, I I kind of, I mean I guess I feel like I was just like naturally funny but shy I guess, mm-hmm. but like, the real like humor and almost like performing to people did come out of feeling like I didn't belong. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Cause like, you know how people talk about like, uh, I think I was, I was actually just, I was just on Ethan's podcast, but I was talking cause I'm thinking similar about this. Um, so a lot of people think that like humor comes from trauma where it's like, because people are traumatized, like the people, the funniest people are the ones who have been through the most trauma. Yeah. It's like, that's not necessarily true. Like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, those, like, axe murderers, I don't think they're, like, hilarious. Yo, just as long as he's sawing to the bone, you have to realize this man's really funny. Like, nah, bro. It's, like, I think what it is is that, like, it's, uh, I was, I was telling, telling him about this, like, theory that I'd read about, like, comedy theories, and it was called a theory about comedy theories, a theory about, like, laughter and humor, right? And it was saying that, like, co- humor occurs when you have an overlap of safety and violation, right? And so I think, um, like, as a young... Because my life has not been traumatic at all, by any sense of the, yeah. the word, right? I think it's just... It was forming community. One thing that happened a lot was that I would leave... I, I switched schools. Like, between first and sixth grade, I had moved schools twice. I had moved neighborhoods. Or between first and seventh grade, I had moved schools yeah. twice. Moved school four times and moved neighborhoods three times. Like, so it, it's just being used to, like being somewhere and having to form social bonds or social uh, awareness between multiple groups of people is where the comedy came from kind of thing. Um, I think that's a common, like, I mean, just 
Um, cause Ira had the same story <clears throat> and that like he moved schools several times and yeah. he was like, that's what taught me how to read a room. Yeah, like, exactly. I could adjust yeah. to the people. And yeah, yeah. I feel like even though I was like always in the same place, I, um, I was like in multiple sports mm-hmm. and like was jumping friend groups a lot yeah. and that was kind of like my being in different places yeah. and trying to adjust well i think it's it's when you're in different social groups you form your you have different roles in each social group right especially if you're in if you're in sorry let me let me backtrack if you're in social groups that like are different yeah vastly different and you have different roles in each one i think even if even if it doesn't necessarily make you funny it makes you better able to assess where the not so much the hierarchy but like what everybody's yeah. functional place is in a, I would in a like pay group. so much you know attention know? to that did mm-hmm. you yeah because it's like you have to know you know where you are in yeah. order to like know how to interact with different groups and, yeah, that's just self-awareness and, yeah exactly <laughs> and it's one thing that's weird about like you know humans is that we're so inclined to make like social like you know what i mean to stratify socially and like social hierarchies yeah. form for us everywhere all over the world like whether it's in India, whether it's in the United States, whether it's in like my parents' country, Cameron, there's always like a social class yeah, system yeah. somewhere. And so like it was interesting that like I would move, right? And or like in the neighborhood that I was or wherever, I could be in this, you know, I could have this functional role in this part of the social groups. And then I could I would move and then I'd be like, Okay, yeah. I'm more here. And then what was crazy is when I started seeing kids who were analogous to the other kids I knew back in other places yeah, so like, yeah. oh he's a loser like timmy back in roseville <laughs> and then once you find that like that's what's going on I'm like okay so like essentially my role can be if i want to have my role be more like this person i would do these type of things but more or less i just stayed the same yeah all the way through right and like it's funny when you look at like how kids mature like I was kind of a weirdo, right? When I was very young. Like, as I was starting out young, it was like I was weird. And then as I got older, I just seemed more comfortable in myself because it was like I already accepted that, like, whatever people think of me is not... not, Let me not say it doesn't matter, but, like, what I think of myself is not always going to be, you know what people would want me to be or you know whatever how they you perceive grasp it that, that young well it's like you, you I, I used to <laughs> I, I literally just figured that out <laughs> I just found out but like also you're a, you're a woman right so it's different where yeah. like you guys have so much pressure that you have to be a certain way while like I'm a black male you know what I mean I'm a black man like at some point I realized that there, it doesn't matter what I do you know what I mean like we yeah. talk about like people being killed but sorry to get this real dark but you talk about like people getting killed by police and stuff like that and very quickly you hear all the you know bs justifications people try to make for it that's something i get i was taught really young by my mom my dad and like just society around me is that no matter what you do there are people who will always have disdain for you for Mm -hmm. just for what you are so at that point there's no worry you shouldn't worry about whether or not um people accept you or you should just worry about making sure you accept yourself yeah you know you're, you're cool and comfortable being who you are and do the things that you like doing there's no there's no need to you know hide what you are because ultimately you're the only one who's going to suffer for it yeah like, yeah everybody else is going to continue doing whatever the fuck they're doing you know what i mean and, and as i've seen now is like i can be comfortably myself you know anywhere when we're, especially like when we're in like comedy places and stuff like that it's mm. like ah, this is amongst my my tribesmen there's other people who are yeah. like on the journey of self-discovery and like being comfortable in themselves too and definitely also helps that like i had a good childhood you know i have both parents who love me like i feel like for a lot of people's life story that's much rarer than you would yeah. like to like and like even like when both believe. your parents like are around like having yeah. people that you like connect to mm-hmm. and like really like can feel their love yeah that they powerful. care about you and then i have loving siblings too right so i have an older sister and a younger brother we all get along great and it's yeah like, that's so dope that's really important to have that like just solid family thing yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel so lucky that, like, I mean, like, I think it's, I am, I think I'm a much, I feel much happier and, like, healthier and better now because my relationship with my family has been healed, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, things sucked. <laughs> middle school and high school, like, I just not get along with my parents and, like, resented my little siblings because I felt like they stole everything from me. <laughs> <laughs> you stole my youth! <laughs> But, like, and now I have, like, so much love for that. Yeah. It's, like, forgiveness for everything. And it's, like, it's a much happier life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's, and because 
when you start to your family is like who you learn to also process the world with right because they're yeah. the ones you're around the most and they're also the most similar group of people to you right and like so whenever there are wounds there it's like you lose the ability to like i don't know keep maintain like hope and how you make you know connect with the rest of the world yeah, because it's yeah. like if you have these bonds that you are frequently like interacting with that aren't you know optimal you start thinking like oh well the whole world's like this then shit this is gonna yeah, be a terrible yeah. ride this is gonna be a terrible 70 year ride like like if i can't even get along with my parents then it's like what is what is yeah this? <laughs> you know what i mean and like i think that's why you see you know with like a lot of a lot of teenagers when you know the puberty thing starts the puberty thing puberty the starts puberty to happen thing. that puberty thing <laughs> when puberty starts to happen, <laughs> when puberty starts to happen they like they really cling to just their friends and like they don't spend time with their family and they're just gone I think it stopped recording I don't know it just oh, yeah. turned off oh. it ran out of battery no more ISIS videos I guess <laughs> this is done sorry but nah yeah like it's just I don't know my family life has always been really good and I've always been close to my family so like it was a good base for me to like be able to love myself from and then I can now go out to the world and feel emotionally stable yeah. relatively right yeah but, definitely yeah I learned the hard way that not everybody has had that interaction and like yeah you start to see it kind of shows and not even to be like oh this guy's crazy but like you see just the way that people attach to other human beings mm-hmm. where like some people get really possessive and they want to like I especially learned a lot of this through dating but they really want to like have know everything you're doing and why you're doing it you know basically yeah. want to be on your ass the whole time and then some people are very avoidant because they don't want to get wounded by you know whatever closeness what they think closeness and intimacy yeah, yeah. And so it seems like a good like part of, like, like let's transition yeah, let's transition you, 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 this like little advice section the advice Even section the, the interview <laughs> the, <laughs> the interview half <laughs> Man, full of enough advice to get me through a week. Ah, nice, nice, nice. <laughs> well, we, we know that Emma will make it to, what day is it today? I'll make it She'll to make it to the 25th. The, 25th. <laughs> the 26th, though, all bets are off. <laughs> we have a phone call every Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, just to make sure. I'll call, I'll call into the show. Like, ah, just here to make sure that, uh, Emma, are you still drinking water? Oh, I completely forgot to drink water. <laughs> oh, God, thank you. you. What was thank I thinking? You. I thought Fanta would get it covered. <laughs> God, so actually, like, yeah, what we were just saying is, so, like, kind of, like, the way that I'm thinking of continuing with this podcast is, uh, like, it's not just going to be, like, relationship advice. I'm thinking of, like, whatever advice I need that week. Oh, gotcha. So, you're like, yo, so currently, right, I got this boil on my foot. (laughs) What do you know about podiatry, motherfucker? (laughs) Honestly, though, look at this fat-ass blister. Ooh, that blister looks painful. (laughs) Cut it up, just let it all leak. That's yeah, I wish the camera was still. Put on. it in a suit. I think it would be <laughs> Good. But like so like this week, I mean obviously advice is still a lot on like relationships because breakup recent and that's what's on my mind. Um and I think like Wait, right, is it the same person from the year ago? Yep. Like, oh, you guys got back together and then broke up yep. again? Oh, Can Emma. you say you're surprised? <laughs> You know what? I'm not surprised. That's the age. You're at the age where people do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's just the age. Man, that's the age we're at. He's 26, though. Someone say He's 26. <laughs> um, he's still at the age. Like, 26, I think that's when, like, people start to get out the other side. I'm yeah. Like, playing for me, 26, I think. Was it 26? Yeah, I turned 26. I had a hot boy summer, and then I got more serious about life. Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, I don't know. With relationships, it's just kind of, like, you gotta start. You gotta start with you first, right? Yeah. You gotta assess like, what are your needs? You know, how are you feeling? And it's also like you don't have to date everybody to marry them. You know what yeah. I mean? I think that's one thing. Like some one misconception everybody has. Like, you should always have your relationship be pleasant, be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like things are gonna happen. Like life happens to people. You know, people's people die, people get sick, people lose jobs, and all. That. But like notwithstanding it should be that you generally enjoy this person and being around yeah. them and they enjoy who they are they they have to enjoy themselves right and you have to enjoy yourself so that when you guys are together you enjoy each other and whenever um it's like if you do end up breaking up or something there's no hard feelings nobody has to feel like yeah this person's a villain or that person's a villain because at the end of the day, you guys should be always engaging each other in a way in which you can both enjoy what's happening, no matter what, right? 
Um, I feel like sometimes people are like, yeah, you have to date to get married. And then people are dating and they, they really are not compatible and they're not happy with themselves. Mm-hmm. But they're like, we got to look to stay together for 10 years. Like, you want to stay together? <laughs> right? No, you guys need to break up. Like, this is, so I don't know. That's that's one thing I would say. Um, and then again, refocusing that, like, the inner work is really important. Yeah. Like, loving who you are as a person, what you do, where you are in life. Um you know, coming to terms with all of that is like so critical because your partner oftentimes is just a reflection of you mm-hmm. and what you think about yourself, right? Because what your partner, how your partner treats you is what you, you think you deserve, right? Yeah. How your partner, how you treat your partner is what you think is acceptable, right? Like it's, it's very much so a lot of the things we experience through the lens of our partners are, you know, it's our own psyche almost being reflected back on us. And that's yeah. why, um, you know, relationships can be so great and also why they can be so terrible. <laughs> it's like yeah. kind of like what I, um, <clears throat> yeah, like that's what I've been thinking about like right now when I've been kind of realizing, like I think a lot of like what got me back into it, you mm-hmm. know, was like, I mean, I, I loved, I loved this man so much. Like it wasn't really about that, you know, but like we weren't like compatible. Um, but what pushed me back into the relationship was just like feeling so bad being alone. Mm. Cause it was like, like COVID shut down in the winter. It was like, cause I was feeling pretty good in the fall. Like, yeah, I remember you were out here going to Alaska and shit. You were doing crazy people stuff. I was like, yeah, she is. Not even white girling. She's white manning right now. She went to Alaska by herself. <laughs> Not Alaska. It was literally just northern Minnesota. Oh, it was in northern. It's Alaska. Alaska. <laughs> Make it Alaska sound cool for the was viewers. A while ago. But a- I, I did go to Alaska. That was awesome. Yes, um, yes. But like, yeah, Emma's like, out here fighting Kodiak. <laughs> <laughs> like everything was shut down. I wasn't seeing anybody. I had like issues with my roommates and like went back and lived with my parents for a bit. It was yeah. just kind of like, I have no one. I don't even like I don't even like myself right now. Yeah, like yeah. what's what's gonna make me feel good? Someone else. And someone else yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like not it's a mistake and mm-hmm. it's really it's it's hard coming out of that, realizing like that's kinda of what was going on and being like, I need to figure out how to like love being alone mm-hmm. and love this. But also I'm like, but I kinda wanna go on dates. Yeah. Like it's, it's fun. It's tough, man. It's like I already tough. feel kinda like anytime I, I have such bad attachment issues where I literally like I I, I like redownloaded Hinge <laughs> like, oh, like a day ago. It's one of the newer dating oh, apps. I'm, see, I'm already you, you I'm old. Know. I wouldn't know because <laughs> I'm twenty eight. God damn, I feel old as hell. But <laughs> and I just started talking to one guy and he was like really cool and I'm already like oh this is the guy yeah I really like you <laughs> it's um it's tough because I think that's naturally how humans are wired you know yeah. I mean? we're wired to like see one person and be like yeah this is a, you know I mean we're generally we are um what's the word I'm looking for we are in the moment like in the moment at least we are monogamous right we don't think about like I want to have two partners right now you think about the one partner partner yeah. that you have in the moment right um <clears throat> it's tough because again like mass dating is like well, let me not say mass, mass dating there's a mass <laughs> dater on the list but like serial dater serial dater <laughs> but um but like people in the, the dating you know landscape today is very much so like a numbers game where everybody's just trying to pull as many as they can and then sort through those as they go right like, yeah i don't know how frequent it is that people get approached in person now anyway anymore you know what mm-hmm. i mean and like it's funny because i tell a lot of dudes this too i'm like bro delete your dating apps man like <laughs> delete your dating apps man like it's not helping you but like they are toxic <laughs> yeah it, it, it's they toxic. make you believe there's way more people out there for you than yeah are. number one it makes you believe there's more people but number two most men, right? We're terrible at taking pictures. Pictures are like, <laughs> it's a woman's thing, right? Like, that's, you guys yeah. are so much better at that. And I was reading something about I think it's the, almost a red flag when a guy has really good pictures. It can be. If he took them himself, it's like, yo. Well, actually, maybe not. Maybe not. And I'll say, I'll say why, right? Why I'll, do you have 30 selfies on I'll, your Well, yeah, 30, if they're all selfies, it might be a little weird. <laughs> but, um, so I was, I was reading, right? I was reading books about the female gaze, right? So, you know, there's, you, because I know you, you're up here you know what I mean? but like there's the male gaze right which is like why 
you know, if you look at like a superhero video game, like all the men stand in like masculine poses, but then the women, like their butts are always out. Like yeah. they're always like, you know, they, it's like, this bitch have scoliosis? <laughs> Why is she fighting like this? Right? So like, <laughs> they, they always put the women in like these provocative poses and stuff yeah. like that. It's like the like, female. How are you going to kick a dude in the face with your titties? That's out. what I'm saying. Like, this is, this is not even safe, bro. Give like, the, the guy has all this armor, armor and she's borderline naked. And right. it's like, she's in the middle of a sand dune. Like, this is crazy. But yeah, it's um, but like the you know the male gaze is very much so like commodifies the women, the, the female form, the female body, and that kind of stuff. But the female gaze like it sees the humanity more so of women. So like one of the tests that they did of like the female gaze in film is how do um, the women, the female characters interact with other female characters without the presence of a relationship to a man being involved yeah. you know what i mean or the relationship with uh, a child just like what is like how do we show the humanity of just women in and of themselves and so i was listen reading and listening to things about like women view themselves can view themselves as art in a way that like view their own their own form without viewing it in terms of like sexualizing it in terms of do men will a man like my hair color yeah, will a man yeah. like this makeup will a man, and just like oh i like the way this looks on me because of you know the forms the colors and da da da, da. well a lot of dudes it's like yo i like this because i know women might like this on me or da, 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 you know whatever but um Damn, I feel like now that I was explaining this, I forgot where this was going. But yeah, no, no, with dating, right? You guys, you guys are, you guys are so much better at like seeing yourselves as just art form, or seeing yourselves as artwork, and like presenting yourselves in a way in which a man would look and like he's just he can appreciate the beauty of it. But then, of course, his parent, you know, our programming by society will kick in and will like try to tell us to sexualize what we're seeing. Yeah. But we can still see that like, oh, this person values so much in their appearance. And, and I think that's like recently over like, it's not, it's not an intentional <clears throat> thing. It's not intentional. But most of my best friends over the last few years have been gay men. Mm-hmm. And it's because there's this like, it's like you're seeing a man appreciate all of those things like mm-hmm. appreciate you for like like it's gonna yeah. compliment me on my like outfit and like yeah. it's gonna like see me as as like what i am rather than projecting any mm-hmm. any like it's like sexual judgment you yeah. know it's yeah. like it's like looking at you for like a yes or a no mm-hmm. you know and that's like it, and it's not like 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 it's not like only like straight men can't do that like yeah, there's like yeah, a lot yeah. of like like I, I only feel that from you too like yeah. a like a like like a respect like I feel like you respect I don't respect me. you at all oh <laughs> I'm here because I need you to pay me for this podcast <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, and there's like a lot of dudes where you feel that like it's 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 like a there is that respect and like seeing women as women, mm-hmm. not as something to like, like not a commodity. Like yeah, like am I gonna fuck that or am I not gonna <laughs> fuck not that? that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, is that a is that a pocket pussy I can take with me? Yeah, right, crazy. And it's like, and I almost feel like for so long, like my my goal wasn't. Like finding more people who like love women for being women, mm-hmm. it was being in the fuck category more often than the yeah. not fuck category. Yeah. Yeah. It's like being like, okay, I need to, I want to be on this side more than on that side, rather than being like, no, I don't want to be part of any of that. Yeah, I, just... I want to focus on like on people who don't view women that way. Yeah, and it. I think learning to not view myself that way mm-hmm. has been so huge. My own like self-esteem and on it, like I, cause like the attachment issues I have now with like being like, I don't want to be alone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be alone. Are so much better than they were like in the past. Like I think of like myself, like before, before like that, before my relationship that just said, because it, it's it's almost been like three years yeah. that I've been on and off with this guy, and I mean I think a big part of that is like being with him made me realize like oh I am lovable. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. <laughs> and I think and he was like a really good guy in that way. Like he had like the like loved me for way more things than mm-hmm. like my body. Yeah, you know. And I that helped me see that that's possible to like. Yeah live a life where your concern isn't oh, I need to like lose 10 pounds yeah yeah that's tough it, it's it's um yeah it's tough cause, and that's why like typically when I like 
don't know, because it's different for me, right? Because I am a man, so it's like I have to engage men, and when we have you know these type of conversations or anything like that, from a different angle than you you know than you have the credence to, right? Because when it comes to like specific patriarchy type of things, you experience it in which. If you're talking to a man, you could very well be talking to somebody who's going to use this system system against you. While like mm-hmm. I'm talking to another guy, I'm like, dude, I gotta get you to unplug from this matrix, dog. But like, yeah, I realize how hard it is to like talk people through it when you realize that you yourself are affected by the system and how you view yourself. So there's definitely gonna be ways in which you view the person who's been taught to, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's so crazy because it's the same way where, where it's like, as a black person, I get taught that I'm supposed to view myself a certain way. Yeah. So now I have to go and like, how do I expect or communicate or like relate to people that I know have also been taught to view me a certain way? Like, it's crazy that like so much of society, you know, buys into narratives to make people view themselves differently or you know whether it's positive or negative just certain ways that are just inherently untrue or dehumanizing but then like as a whole there's no society right there's no like thing you can target and be like this is the source of all of these problems right you have to like then undo this programming and poisoning at each person on an individual level and then figure out how to apply that to society as a whole like it's crazy it's crazy wild and I'm, I'm so happy with how much it almost feels like there's so much like deconditioning happening yeah. right now. It's like mm-hmm. a whole like, like in, I, I think like in, in like gender, it's been yeah. crazy huge. I think mm-hmm. it's like, it's getting there like with race, like we're like, I'm, I'm thinking about it way more than I ever have, yeah, especially yeah. being in like Minneapolis, like so much has happened this year that's like forced me to think about things I haven't, like I mm-hmm. haven't had to, you yeah, know? Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing too, right? Is that it's like you whenever you operate in a position of like a a socially dominant position in some kind of a hierarchy is it gives you the luxury of like not knowing yeah like ableism like i have no idea what it's like to not have yeah you know what i mean Uh, whether it's functional legs or arms or you know anything like that like i've had like i said i had good parents that get me fed me well like i had like I've had maybe the flu like three times (laughs) you know what i mean like so it's like just just general i don't have any chronic conditions so like it doesn't even really cross my mind that things like a perfect attendance award can like maybe make, you know, people who have chronic illness feel like, damn, like, you know what I mean? They might feel yeah, less like, valued or something, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, just, I mean, sure. Also like just there are kids who were, I was able-bodied and I still want to just skip a couple classes, you know? So like, yeah, yeah, congratulate the kid who's like been dedicated the entire time. But it just, it gives you a different way of viewing the world and like seeing that there are more experiences mm-hmm. than just yours so that you can't limit um, the way you engage with people in society as if only your frame of reference is what matters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's made me feel so much more connected with so many people, mm-hmm. like putting my putting my brain into like realizing, like I, uh, like I didn't really understand how um i mean it's like like how like how like the like women are very oppressed i didn't really feel it or get it Mm -hmm. until i started to realize how many negative things i thought about myself all the time that Mm -hmm. i didn't know i didn't have to think Mm -hmm. um and seeing that makes me like love women as a whole a lot yeah. more because i am like oh like we're like in this together yeah. like, this isn't like a me versus you thing. yeah this is a let's let's figure it out and it it makes me um like want to try a lot harder to like unify more people mm-hmm. in in its it's really hard to um it's really hard to like do that and like relate as like a white person right mm-hmm. now too but i'm um, i'm seeing that like like viewing like womanhood as a way to unite mm-hmm. race is like something yeah. that i think could be i mean it is happening it is like yeah, what's it's happening, happening right now and so to it's, a degree like a really it's tough you gotta get the karens out of there because the karens are <laughs> fucking it up for you let me let me tell but but i i agree with you very much in the sense of like you realize you look under all of these systems right is that everybody suffers under them except mm-hmm. for maybe a couple few people at the top right but like everybody men suffer so much because of patriarchy right and yeah like, i 
how do I say white people suffer from race? Ah, and to a degree, yeah, right? Like if you look at what policies get enacted in order to target people, especially now that like they try to do it a lot more insidiously, a lot of white people catch the flack of legislation that they that they write to try and target black people, right? Yeah. Because a lot of it then is rooted in like socioeconomics and they're like, okay, well, yeah, we'll target poor people. We know it'll hit the blacks and the Mexicans and the, the Asians who are not from like Japan or China, right? Mm -hmm. But then it hits a bunch of white people from those levels as well. But then the messed up programming of race is that it tells them that, oh, this isn't your fault. This is because of all of those other people. Yeah. Right? You don't have X or Y or Z because, you know, Mexicans are stealing your jobs. And like even people like, in like the same social class can't <clears throat> unify because there's <clears throat> like just, but it, yeah. And, and so it's like you, as a, as a person, I try to like, you know, talk to who I can talk to about it and like let them see, let them see the light. But also realizing too that like, not everybody's gonna wanna come for the ride. You know what I mean? Some people really are, not that they're, they're a lost cause, but like they've already given up on themselves, you know what yeah. I mean? In terms of, See, because like in order to see for me as a man to see your humanity as a woman also grants myself more humanity. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Because now I'm giving myself the space to not be sexualized. I'm giving myself the space to just exist as a human being. And yeah, get, like if I viewed you purely as like a person of, you know, sexual interest, this would be very awkward. Yeah. Because I'd be like, oh, you know, I don't want to say the wrong thing because then she's you know, what I mean, it would be yeah, so yeah. much extra stuff would have to start happening. And it's like, ah, oh, it's. It's not the way a human mm -hmm. is supposed to run, you know what I mean? This is not how how we're supposed how we're built to, to you know to experience things. Yeah, and, yeah. And I think like it doesn't allow people to treat you that way because that does mm -hmm. happen to men. Like it's not just like a women thing mm -hmm. to be like sexualized and treated weird. Like, yeah, yeah. Especially like in in like the performance industry. Like, yeah. like if you keep going and make make it big, that'll be a problem. And if me being sexualized that's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> that'll be funny i feel like that is like kind of like like that'll be funny i'd be like you're delusional you're sexualizing <laughs> me my goofy ass you're a fool get out of here. get out of here what are you thinking but like if you don't like if you know that it's like wrong to treat women that way then you wouldn't accept that for yourself yeah no most definitely most definitely yeah. No, but I'm definitely posing in Playgirl. If I get the chance, <laughs> whoo, nuts out, man. I'm legs open, spread. Dude, but that's the thing. Play. I would love to be in Playboy. That would be so fun. That would be that would be probably really fun, actually. But it would be because I want to. Yeah, because but that's that's the thing that's tough about it, right? Is that like you then don't get to make certain choices because not because of how you feel doing the choice, but like because of how people think of you once you make the choice, and it's like mm -hmm. it's none of your fucking business if I have my buns out because the sun's out and playgirl all right just <laughs> yeah. relax man but no it's it, it it'll be a it'll be interesting to see how the social landscape changes in the next like 20 years and like 20 years after that yeah like, yeah you like i have like a tiktok and like you go on tiktok and you see like all the things that kids are talking about. it's like high school age kids or middle school age kids talking about like again like the female gaze the male gaze patriarchy white supremacy like all this type of stuff and i was like that's crazy because when kids i was a kid yeah. i was talking about Yu-Gi-Oh cards dog. but like in a way it's kind of the same because like yeah. i feel like the flip side we have of this right is that we then have people playing oppression Yu-Gi-Oh. you know what i mean where it's like people are like all right well this person like even you see it with like media companies a lot right now mm -hmm. when someone gets into some trouble they're like okay now we need to hire this person to cover up the sexism so we'll put this woman in place well it seems like there was a racial element too all right so we're gonna need it can't just be any woman it has to be a black woman that we put here and now we put and like there's so yeah. many things where like, <laughs> people are trying to operate you know it's, what I mean? it's just weird. like training cards it's like, it's just it's, like, it's social currency it's exactly it's social currency it's like oh man i activate patriarchy it's like ah my trap card white supremacy it's your yeah. it's just and it's like it, it's so foolish because ultimately i feel like what the danger of this all is that people are still looking for a villain yeah. and they're looking for a victim. And we don't realize that you can, op it's not a dichotomy, right? It's not an mm -hmm. abuser victim dichotomy. You can be both an abuser and a victim at the same time. You can be both the villain and the hero at the same yeah. time. You can be oppressing someone because of their able-bodiedness, because of your able-bodiedness or what have you. And then be, you know, oppressed because of your race or your gender or, yeah. you know, your sexuality or anything like that. And so then once you realize that we simply have a problem as human beings 
how we respond to the vulnerability of other human beings that then we can start having the real conversation like how do we make sure none of this occurs again because that's all i feel like that's ultimately the problem right is that you have a position of power right and then you see okay how can i leverage this over this vulnerable human being and you completely forget that like you shouldn't treat somebody like that you yeah know I mean? yeah and and you just it just happens at a societal level instead of someone stopping like yo that person's just vulnerable. We should leave them alone. If we're if we're not gonna help them, we should just leave them alone. But if we're yeah, gonna like yeah, do something yeah. to them, we should help them or see how we can, um, you know, rally around them as a community. But and it does suck like that. There's like I mean, it's a lot of the time it's true that like it's like straight white men are the oppressors. Yeah. But also it's like by using this label of now like straight white men, straight mm-hmm. white men, that almost like. Like, no, like, hold more accountability for mm-hmm. straight... Like, like by I think just by being, like, straight white men are bad and they're yeah. the oppressors and they're, like, the reason everything's bad yeah. almost, like, doesn't give them room to be better people. Yeah, it doesn't give them room to be better people. But the other thing is, like, it's the it's part of that okey-doke. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, um, for example, if, we, if I say straight white men are terrible, that is, like... It shuts, like, shucks everybody' attention from the ways that black men can be terrible, right? The ways that white women can be terrible. The ways that black women can be terrible. The ways that Asian men can be terrible. If we continue to only focus on how straight white men do X or Y or Z or da 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 da, and we never talk about how, on a societal level, how each of our demographics treat other people. All we're gonna do is we're gonna just replace them with something else. It's just else, moving you know blame, I mean? like yeah, rather it's, it's, than like and and the thing is positivity. like one of the things they talk a lot about is accountability, right? And like I was reading this this really brilliant lady on Twitter, and she was talking about how you can't have accountability. Like holding somebody accountable is not something you can do to people who are not in your community, right? Mm-hmm. So like you have to in order to say we need to hold somebody accountable. You have to keep them in your community, right? I can't sit here and be like, yo, we need to hold the Martians accountable for their invasion of Venus. They're not in my community. <laughs> there's there's yeah. nothing I can do to hold them accountable in a non-like oppressively violent way. You're right, because number one, I don't think you know they're real, but like number two, <laughs> but like even if they were, Martians are real. what are they gonna do? What what am I gonna do? I'm supposed to say, hey Martians, cut that out. No, it's yeah. it's much more than that. I have to devote my resources to making sure that these Martians are not in a position to do what they've done ever again. And so a lot of it has to be in terms of making sure we, you know, uh, rectify what is done to the people who have received whatever form of oppression, blah, blah, blah. Then also making sure that we figure out where it came from and whoever has been perpetrating it and then what safeguards we put in place so that it doesn't happen again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's almost like, 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 I want to like understand like the systems, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like eliminating those systems. Mm-hmm. You can't eliminate the people. Yeah, <laughs> you know? like, yeah. You, you just gotta wait for them to die. You gotta wait for them to die. You know what I mean? There's some people like there's always gonna be there's some people, man. White people, there's always gonna be. They're like they're you know their racism or their sexism is like their coffee in the morning. Like they just wake up and they're like, mm, God, it's a great, great. Day. shit on women. Mm. This is awesome. <laughs> And so they enjoy it. It makes them comfortable. And so, like, when they hear the changes. But I think also, too, like, even when people hear the changes that are happening in society, right, I feel like a lot of times what they get scared of is they get scared of becoming a vulnerable group, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if you look at the mass hysteria that, like, the census data caused when people are like, yeah, white people will be a minority by, like, 2050. And it's this idea that, like, people are like, like, oh, no, we're going to be vulnerable. Yeah, I've always been the majority. And it's, like, this idea that you are losing this dominant position because in the back of your mind you're aware of how humans behave Mm -hmm. to groups that they're more dominant than yeah so like instead of being like oh we should make a world where humans don't mistreat people that they are dominant to and you didn't spend your time doing that so now you're like well i guess i gotta just stay in this position because once i get off this this high horse man it's gonna be real dangerous out here so do you think that um it's human nature to oppress or do you think it's something that can be I think it's human of... nature in the sense of like human in, in our animal right in yeah. the part, it's part of what makes us like an animal on the planet earth cuz like when it's you like, think about like 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 we were talking about with like, like middle school yeah, you know yeah. like there's always a kid who's 
on top. Yeah, there's, a kid, there's always bottom. a kid that you got to push off the slide if you want to be the top it's motherfucker. It's a kid that you have to call Big yeah. Head and make yeah, exactly. Laugh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, teacher laugh at him. Like, and and that's the thing is that you look across like many of the other ape species too. There's, um, you know, they war. Like I remember I saw something that was like these apes like had war with each other where mm-hmm. they would like, and it was terrible things that they would do. Like they would go and like they would find like the enemy place and they'd like kill the kids. Like it was just terrible things. I'm like, yo, yeah. so we're not the only one. And it's a scary but also freeing thing to realize that it's like, okay, this is a thing that happens everywhere. So it's not a curse of our intelligence, which means that we figured out like we can cure so many things that are inherent to our biology. This can also be one of those yeah, things, yeah. right? Um, but again, it comes down to like realizing the way we treat other groups, the othering, right? The point of like othering and all that kind of stuff. And then othering people into lesser dominant, you know, more vulnerable positions. We gotta, we gotta work on that. We gotta work on that real hard, right? And I think, I think we are, we're, we're getting there in the sense of we have opportunities to do better, right? Especially right now with like, cause a lot of what you see now is that you have on one side, you have like, if you were to say like the American political system, you have like the right, where like they might other people based off of again, like race, gender, or socioeconomics, right? Well, on the left, we other people, let me not say we, cause I'm not really a leftist, but like on the left, there's othering based off of ideas. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a, a way that you're supposed to treat a human being, with all bets are off if they believe X or Y or Z. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then when you still, but that's the thing. Anytime you have a condition, whenever somebody's humanity becomes conditional, oh man, this is good. <laughs> this is really moving the the, the butt wall here. Thank but you. like, anytime humanity becomes conditional, you set up a rule in which you can be dehumanized, right? If, yeah. Again, if my humanity is contingent on you know being attractive, well, what happens when I'm sixty? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if my humanity is contingent on being rich, what happens if there's you know a, a, an economic crisis? You know, I mean, no matter what it is, you realize that you are basically setting conditions where you can be robbed yeah, of yeah. humanity. And it's if, like if my like contingent, like if my like like worth is being like white, mm-hmm. then like what if you wake up one happens, day like when it is like yeah, you know what I mean, and you just you're like yo, my skin is brown <laughs> what happened bro yeah and like because like you it realistically like things are changing and hopefully by the time i like i'm old it mm-hmm. won't be like that anymore and mm-hmm. i think that's like why so many like white people are scared is because they think that their self-worth is it's, being white it's, yeah it's be is it's, it's attached to their whiteness and it's it's crazy because it's like my guy you can't go in the sun. What, are you, what, are you, what, are you, what is going on? Here? No, but real, but real shit. It's 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 crazy because it's all an illusion, right? You just live in a society that has told you that like this is where your worth is is attached to, and it's like it's yeah. not. Your worth is attached to so much more than like you know. What I mean, your skin tone and what you what you think that means about you. you know what yeah. I mean? Like imagine like you're born and you believe like oh my baby's white yes hallelujah like it's just so it's such a weird it's such a weird it's such a weird i'm like working on a bit right now about just like the fact that we make any judgments on like physical appearance is hilarious because like we all literally are just so silly yeah yeah like we all have like just like weird little fingers and like toes (laughs) like sweat like Like, look at like our nose yeah it's so it's a strange it's a strange It's just one thing I used to love doing was looking at white people noses, cause like when you're young, like especially as when you're a young black kid, like they're they the main features that you're you're made, they're, you're taught, you're you're taught, you're supposed to hate are like your hair and your nose, and then like maybe the fact that we don't have like multiple eye colors generally, right? So like, yeah, typically have dark eye colors. But then I was young and I was like, cause I have like a wider set nose, right? And I was like, you know, white people noses are kind of weird too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I would just sit and I'd be like, there's so many different noses. Like, it's just, it's just weird to me. So like, again, these standards of like, standards of beauty or standards of whatever, just so that like, if you deviate from the standard you get othered, it's so like, it's whack, yeah. it's whack, man. Like, like imagine like think about all the stuff that like they make it seem like is bad about being a woman like oh you guys are so emotional yeah isn't that funny when like when men get like rejected they it's not funny that they like kill the people that they're trying to like you know what i mean that they were hitting on but they do that i've never like i've never turned down a girl and then like like oh is this bitch gonna murder me like you know what i mean that that doesn't happen that doesn't happen to me right like 
I mean, granted, there are times where, like, depending on the type of girl, if you're in a situation, you're like, this is the type of girl who would say that I did something and call the police because I didn't do anything, like, on some Emmett Till type shit. But, like, generally speaking, men don't have to be physically in the moment afraid of what, you know, women are going to yeah. do. With them, you know what I mean? But, and again, that's why I feel like it's important that we talk about how do people respond to the vulnerability of others because generally speaking across our species we will never get away get we will ne- never get rid of the fact that generally men have a physical advantage over women right mm-hmm. so if we never teach society how to deal with the fact that you can do something to somebody and get away with it and there's nothing that person as an individual can do to you if we can't fix that there will always be this problem right mm-hmm. because Last time I've checked, like LeBron can still dunk from the free throw line, you know what I mean? <laughs> and you don't necessarily see that in the WNBA. So like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think it's almost like it, it is paying attention to differences. I mm-hmm. think paying attention to differences are super important because mm-hmm. that's the only way that you can like respect them and honor them. Yeah, you have to see the person as a whole person. You know what I mean? It's I get I get it gets people nervous to be like, oh yeah, you know, people like to be like, I don't see color, and it's like. I'm not maybe not right now, but like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's an important thing and it's a reality and it's yeah. part of what makes people who they are. Like as much as like I might seem really palatable to a lot of white people because it's like <laughs> yeah, I'm not like, you know what I mean? I, I I'm not making them uncomfortable in their whiteness yet, but the reality is I'm yet. just as black. Wow. Yet, yet, right. It's yet. There's always a little something in there. But like at some point I am still black. Like, I'm still a black person. I still know that I've been socialized that I'm a black person. And so to say you don't see me as a black person means that you just don't see me. It doesn't, because then what are you implying? What is it about me that makes me less black? So then how does that, how is that not negative? What you're, you know, implying to say that I'm not black because I'm X or Y or Z or da 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 da. Because black, whatever, there's nothing that I'm going to, there's nothing I do, there's nothing I'm going to do that a black another black person has never done before right so even doing all the there's a probably somewhere there's been a black person just like me has walked the planet so like there's nothing about me that makes me you know what i mean less black just any more so than there's anything that makes you less woman or less female or whatever so like yeah i don't i feel like people need to let go of the the fear of identifying that somebody is part white or part black that somebody is black or a woman or gay or da, da, da. yeah and in themselves be like okay why does that make me uncomfortable why does paying attention to this make me uncomfortable hmm let me sit and figure out why i feel uncomfortable and if it's because i hold beliefs about this or because i don't know what to say because of the, just address it you know what i mean address it in themselves and, and go out that brings us back to the inner work thing which is back to the whole dating <laughs> premise which is essentially Title guys stop now. using social stop using social dating sites you're much better off talking to women in person. Just suck it up and go talk to them. Because like I said, we don't take good pictures because of the female gaze. You guys can see yourself as art. We can only see ourselves as what we accomplish. That's why so many guys pick fishing pictures, yeah. right? The fish is like, yeah, look what I did. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, like, cause that's what they're taught values. They value themselves as a man because awesome. they did something. <laughs> but you're sitting here like, fam, I don't want to eat that shit. <laughs> And yeah, man, it's 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 crazy. This whole society. You see how we like delved into the matrix and how we got out. But that was good. That was good. In and out, and beautifully. I was, it was starting to get very very tough. Man, I was so I'm sweaty. You can see I know, my forehead. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> but, it's, it's almost like wipeout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it gonna? You know, like when they get to the last step and the ball just goes doom. <laughs> but yeah, like it's it's um, I don't know. Dating dating is so like. It's so crazy because like like we were just talking all of that stuff is actually hanging in there it's weighing in there and like all of it so just like, sits in yeah. like some weird like in the back of your mind yeah it's like just, when it's you're just like, operating you know what i mean i think um i think what i got from this is like first of all there's a, a lot of things that are so much bigger and more important than dating mm-hmm. right now <laughs> like, well, well i mean you know without even like trivializing dating right like Dating is a is a wonderful aspect of humanity and we're humans. We're social creatures and we form relationships and who you date and if you choose to marry or whatever type of, you know, romantic structure you, you create in your life is so important, especially if it's like pseudo monogamous or mm-hmm. like monogamous, because you're with that person so much. So yeah. it's 
it's almost as important as your relationship with yourself. It's not as important and you must never get it twisted. <laughs> like the relationship you have with your partner is never as important as your relationship with yourself. That doesn't mean that they're not as important as a human being as you are, but the relationship, right? The the way you relate to them is not as important as the way you relate to yourself. Yeah, yeah. Because if you are always relating well to yourself, they can go do whatever they do and you can still relate to yourself properly. Mm -hmm. If you relate to yourself poorly, at some point you will relate to them poorly because you relate to it's yourself. Like projection poorly. Yeah. to someone else, yeah. And so you have to you have to take care of that internal stuff, which just sounds like, you know, you you address in terms of like, nah, I, I need to be more I need to be happy being alone. I need to yeah. be able to which is again another really tough thing for women because society always tells you guys that like if, if you're not with yeah. somebody, you have failed. And it's like, fam, yeah. these men are trash. <laughs> but yeah, like and, and and to a degree that a lot of dudes get that same programming, but in a different realm, right? Yeah. You get that in terms if you're of not like, if you're bitches. not fucking bitches, <laughs> you better be getting money. If you're not doing either, you fucking suck, dog. <laughs> and like that's what it is. And it's and it's it's funny because like when you see when you see dudes and women go through, go through a breakup, they like take different routes, right? So like, they'll take, they might take different routes, but like it's it's like they'll do the same shit. Like they might start a fitness page or whatever, yeah. right? So like a girl will like start a fitness page, but she won't actually do fitness. She just take pictures of her butt. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like an <laughs> I'm single siren song. Like, and then the dude will just start talking about how he needs to get back on his grind and like make money. And, and so he might start a fitness page too, but it's just like, He's just trying to take pictures of his abs, like you know. What I mean? And so, just different excuses to just be nude on the internet. <laughs> but, but like it's it, you. I remember I read something. They're like, guys don't go to therapy. They just try to make. They just try to get rich. And like in a lot of yeah. men's minds, it's like, I just need to perform better in this I have to field. achieve something. Yeah, I have to achieve it, and then I'll be good. And that's why you, I think you also see that. Sometimes they become high achievers and they treat people terribly. Yeah, because like, I made been it. Taught, yeah, you figured it out. Yeah, you guys figured it out, and now they've been taught that like that's all that matters about them is that they've achieved it. In the same way that like the the really pretty but super mean girl in high school exists because she was mm -hmm. like, I'm so attractive, nothing else I do matters. Yeah, and it's like yeah. so now nothing I do matters. And I can treat you however I want, and it's crazy. It's crazy, but yeah. That internal, that internal relationship is is the most critical thing. And we the, got a lot of work to do on all of ourselves. Yeah, it's 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 what it is. But the the great part is that like the better you get at doing it, like it also begins to affect other people around you. Yeah, like, they yeah. They start to see that like yo, I saw so and so doing really well, and I remember where they used to be, and like maybe I can do that in my yeah. own. You know what I mean? And like you, they talk to you, you talk to them, and they, you know, it's, it it pays itself forward, and it like. You know, it creates kind of like a safety net too. Because sometimes you backslide, right? Sometimes something happens and it like fucks up your view of yourself and you get stuck. And then one of your friends that maybe you helped out or has always been there to help you kind of hits you up and is like, hey, you know, you got to remember. But it's, it's always really bad though when like you're all like as a unit just down. <laughs> like, yeah. like when everybody's like, yo, I got I, my ass kicked out. My ass got kicked by life. Like, help me. You're all help down me. together. I'm like, Jesus too. Christ. None of us you're here as well. <laughs> shit is crazy that shit is always fun well funny it's funny in hindsight when you're like yo remember sometimes i'll text my friends like you remember five years ago when we were all down bad together <laughs> shit was crazy was just fucked up. <laughs> just, it was just terrible. guys i almost died <laughs> it was fucking crazy fact, dude we hit like an hour 20 an hour 20 dang how much how long do you usually go usually run this is my i mean you know man i'm just figuring it out yeah <laughs> is that what it's called just figuring it out it, it could be it's it could be today <laughs> today's episode